Hey guys, good morning, uh, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko. Uh, special day for me. There's a, there's a reason why I say so. We're having an amazing guest. So we're starting by brewing some coffee, an amazing Peruvian uh, single filter coffee. And uh, I'll be right back. Got some hot water boiling here. So, yeah, today we're very lucky, very privileged to be uh, talking to Joseph Brodsky. Um, he is the founder and uh, owner of um, 90 Plus Coffee. And I uh, have a very amazing set of questions for him and I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Looking forward for you guys to join. Looking forward to read your questions. Uh, just, um, it's just been very humbling to be able to talk to these amazing uh, hospitality coffee people and um, yeah and you guys are taking along for the journey so once I finish this coffee um, we'll be joined by uh, Joseph and uh, we're gonna have an amazing chat so we'll let this sit for a few seconds and then we can get started in a few minutes so yeah um, the format for people who are new to this is uh, very simple. Uh, Joseph will join us probably from the 90 plus uh, Instagram handle. Uh, we're going to go through some questions and uh, you feel free to ask any questions that you have about his products, about his coffee, about his story, about whatever you want to learn. Today's episode 26, I believe. Um, so if you have missed out any previous episodes, um, we have other amazing guests, of course, that have joined us in the past few weeks. They're also available on our YouTube and our podcast platforms. So if you need help to find them, feel free to hit me up. My name is Mirko and uh, let's do a little bit more. And we're nearly ready to brew this, plunge this and get started. I'm very excited and so you should be because, uh, yeah, Joseph is uh, it's just a, an incredible, incredible coffee human. So... Let's flip it and let's go. So stick around for another 45 seconds to a minute and then uh, we get started with the real deal, the real interview. So if you've been enjoying this, um, I'm pleased. I've been receiving some lovely messages from you people uh, telling me um, your thoughts about the show, your feedback, and uh, sending me all the love. And I truly appreciate every single one of you watching, who watched, who rewatched, and the people who stay here for the entire interview. You guys are just the best. I see you, I know who you are, and you guys are just amazing. So, without further ado, coffee with Mirko, we can start it. So I'm gonna send an invite to Joseph right now. It's morning here in Melbourne, if you're wondering where, where I am. Uh, let's see if he's in yet. Here he is. And hey, Ben. Hey, Sinili. Hey, everyone. Good afternoon. Hi, Mirko. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for the introduction. Really appreciate it. Oh, uh, Joseph, uh, hi, good to see you, man. Um, how are you? How's your family? How's everyone um, over there? We're doing really great. Um, 
quarantine in uh in coffee paradise is not so bad uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean here i am in my one bedroom apartment which i'm super grateful for but your one bedroom apartment is slightly bigger <laughs> yeah um, it's, it's sure. really um, in this place yeah it's incredible oh it's yeah it's breathtaking even from what the little is saying that I'm glad you're drinking coffee. So we are both having a coffee, virtual, common, uh, you know, mutual, what they call them, the communal table. Uh, with all the people watching and who are going to tune in. Um, thank you for being here. Super grateful. Um, we can, you know, probably break the ice by asking the most common question that you probably answered a few times, which is, you know, you can keep it short, but how, how did you actually get started into coffee? I was reading a uh, a book by Kevin Knox, Coffee Basics, a long time ago, I guess, uh, around t more than 20 years ago, 22 years ago, I read that book. Um, and then I went into uh, Whole Foods to buy the coffee from the author of that book, Kevin Knox. He was the coffee buyer for Allegro Coffee. And, and the reason I went to buy his coffee was because he wrote about Ethiopian coffees from Yergachefe and Harar that tasted like lemon and flowers and blueberry and i thought no way not possible <laughs> and i got really lucky that um that year he had these incredible ethiopians in a supermarket that were like they would have stood stood up well to some of the good coffees of today um and it, they blew my mind and uh and i was on a track for for uh, uncovering more of ethiopian uh, coffee flavor since then and still to this day even though we're in panama fantastic um somewhere i read that you are the elon musk of coffee um uh, but i also see a little bit of indiana jones so what's your ultimate what's your ultimate coffee quest and venture uh, I have to tell you, it's all related to the land. Um, like the, my surroundings here are, um, every time I go up, I've been today, you know, we just got back to the farm uh, about four days ago to the farms. And when I'm here, I spend at least half of every day um, in different parts of the land, both the coffee parts and the wild areas. So I, I try to mix that up. I'm really inspired by the wilderness um, and integrating wilderness with coffee. And today, like, found uh, jaguar tracks and uh, jaguar crap with, with fur in it. And that, that got me excited. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the surroundings are unreal. Um, and it's just uh, it's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to be creating coffee in, uh, in, in, in paradise, really. I'm glad I mentioned Indiana Jones and you came up with jaguar tracks because it, it, it really, you know... <laughs> We got a fusion here, uh, but obviously you, Joseph, um, and uh, and that's plenty. Um, so basically, your passion bursted uh, when you first obviously arrived and started exploring Ethiopia. Um, tell us about more about those, you know, key years and how it got you to Panama. Then, well, I roasted only Yergachefe and Harar Coffee in Denver, Colorado as a co-founder of Novo Coffee for five years before I was invited to be a tasting judge for the first uh, competition for the cooperatives in Ethiopia in 2005. Mm -hmm. And I thought I would arrive and find all the answers as to why one out of 100 coffees would taste really good and the other 99 were, had a lot of problems. 
and I yeah. didn't find the answers right away. So, you know, I, from the coffee industry in the capital city. So I, uh, I ventured out to the farming areas first with the group that was there to taste coffees uh, together for a week. And uh, then I decided to cancel my ticket home and I stayed and I went into the forest in Ethiopia and found, you know, that like hiked really deep for days and found the wildest coffee that I still have ever seen to this day. And, uh, and an image of coffee growing wild in a rainforest canopy. And that's been my uh, the vision that, that drives me still to this day is to I, I realize how beautiful coffee can integrate into forests. And uh, and here in, in Panama, we just take that inspiration and try to uh, integrate coffee that way and uh, work, for, you know, low yields, highly uh, supported and loved uh, coffee. And but we love the uh, all the, the, the natural members of the community equally along with the coffee. Yeah, which is extremely important. I think, um, yeah, when we spoke in the previous times that we spoke with, like sharing a conversation, you know, I think that relationship with nature is extremely important. And I, I believe that there's a question around that too. But yeah, no, 100% the people, nature, um, you know, there's a little, you know, a very hint of uh, envy because, you know, when you talk about exploring, you know, it's, 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 it's fantastic. You know, I love, I love what you're saying and, getting to the forest and uh, but obviously you know a lot of people may put nanny plus on a pedestal but my dad always taught me that nothing comes for free um so surely there were uh, struggles and hustle behind uh, your brand and mission oh yeah there's nothing comfortable about 90 plus uh to this day and uh, we like it that way because we always want to do more um, and, you know, first it was in Ethiopia. I moved to Ethiopia. I left the roasting business to my father and brother. Um, I got I inspired to make coffees with my own hands out in different uh, parts of the country, learn different languages for a few years in uh, different uh, uh, parts of the country. Siraminia, Caficho, um, Gedio, uh, Gedio uh, all these different greetings in different languages and peoples. And, uh, realized that with the love with your hands, you can make amazing products. Um, but in Panama, I really fell in love with the land. And, uh, you know, when I was in Ethiopia, it was a struggle. I was, I was basically residing out in the countryside and um, collaborating with, particularly with the Bagers family on some very special sites. I was lucky to have great partners, but uh, it was, we were always a bit ahead of the curve as far as, um, development products that the market what maybe not quite have been ready for at the time um so we always had uh i never had a big enough team i never had a um you know we've never sold all of our coffee um uh, but every year we develop better and better and better stuff and part of the reason we don't sell all of our coffee is we just don't accept anything that's not at a an ultra uh level it ends up being sold um wherever if it doesn't uh, meet the standards of 90 plus. Uh, when I first arrived in Panama, um, that was 2009 after some, some good starting years in Ethiopia, uh, but uh, a big struggle as they changed the, I don't know if you can hear me, it's starting to rain pretty hard around here. No, no, okay? it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's soothing, meditating, uh, you know, the sound, it's all good. Great, great. So yeah, I arrived here in Panama first, also 2005. Uh, but I only started to get a taste for 
uh, the land, and I love that geisha was here, and it was really the Ethiopian nature of the geisha variety that brought me here initially. Um, and I realized that here in Panama, I could not just have an impact on the processing of the coffee, which I was doing with all the smallholder growers in, uh, in Ethiopia, but on massive tracts of land. So I didn't come here to uh, just play with a small farm. I came here with, with only debt, and uh, I had an opportunity for a giant farm that I saw, hey, at this half of the farm that's pasture land, I could convert it to forest and put a coffee underneath it and protect the rest of the forest and make this like a, a wildlife park that has coffee inside of it. And it was always, you know, it took me three years just to uh, close on the down payment with the bank. I had to keep having the seller extend and extend and borrow from everywhere that I could to pay all the workers that were, uh, were, were, were uh, doing an amazing job with next to nothing here for the first few years. And really to get this first farm, Geisha Estates where I'm at now, about 200 hectares off the ground was uh, I didn't sleep for three years from, from stress and uh, because I, I I wondered what I was getting myself into there was no way this was how could this possibly end, end well being so underwater but every time I'd st step back onto the land and I'd see uh, the progress it'd give me the strength to get up another day and uh, go at it again and take another step uh, two back, two forward, one back, three forward, one back, whatever it was. And 10 years later, it, it happens. You know, it's like we've, we've produced some incredible coffees from this place, but we haven't nearly finished. You know, I, we moved here to Panama really because I want to take um, the whole level of uh, co coffee farming um, much, much higher. And that means... Uh, Mostly it means integrating with the community, the workers, at a much higher level. So to do great work in a coffee bar, you need barista excellence and commitment and knowledge and passion for the product and uh, a really great quality of life. Uh, so there's a lot to do when we, you know, we, we have uh, sometimes more than 200 people harvesting coffee in the, in the peak season. Um, we've got 60 people who live here permanently now. We just started a new project, which takes our, uh, we went from 200 hectares to a new project that's 400 and another one that's 400. Um, that's incredible. In the last year. And my objective will be to raise the standard of living and the, and the life experience uh, level for all the people that collaborate with us uh, locally, particularly the, the members of the Nove Buble indigenous tribe who work most of the agriculture in Panama, but uh, they have their their uh, they're they're still connected to the land in a way that um, that is that there's so much to be learned from and, and lived uh, with actually. So we I draw daily, you know, for, for the last 11 years here, I've drawn so much from the connection uh, with the indigenous people and and a common vision for how to have this you know ancient. Uh, ecology here and a, and, a, and a respect for all the people who lived here before um, even you know the mythology aspects and the storytelling um, but also uh, take coffee farming and coffee taste development into the future so you get people who are uh, don't even know how to drive yet they're incredible coffee technicians now and they, uh, so it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling to, to bring that community uh, up yeah, no, and, and look, we, we, 
your passion is super your passion is absolutely you know we can we can almost feel it um when you talk there's a light in you and that um here is a quote when we're talking about you developing only a certain standard of coffee uh because that's where your mission is and here's actually a quote that i found about you um joseph has developed a completely unique product with my first taste there was this floral note that i've never had before i don't even have to drink the coffee to enjoy it i could just smell the aromatics for hours do you know who said that is that george yeah george howell so yeah um uh, she's amazing and uh another fun fact when you were talking about 20 you know 2005 and 10 years you know transition my first ever filter coffee that i ever drank uh was your famous like shandy uh and that cup started my career so um thank you it's very special for me to have you all today you know thank you so much for uh for for uh remembering that experience and that's what all of us here every last person we we enjoy so much uh the uh the enjoyment of the work here so when we see people enjoying the coffee it's like the um it's it's the best reward you know and you know we we love uh nature we love our place we love all the work that we do um but the most enjoyable aspect of it all is just to in the most humble possible way offer it uh to to people to enjoy it pains me sometimes how expensive some of our coffees are at the highest highest level and i think people uh often misread that as hey 90 plus is the most expensive coffee company in the world or um or you know that you know for that price they must all be rich uh but i think um in that in that regard it was actually very interesting to hear um i i had on the show ibrahim which i'm sure you know um just yesterday um no i know you know him um and i and, you know we 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 ended up talking about obviously last year auction and uh, he just he just has such a beautiful answer behind that coffee and uh you know justified almost by his anime presence uh but also it's for him you know it's like we all have a single passion you know there's some people who spend $10,000 to see a football match because it's the final of the world cup or some people who spend uh a friend of mine they have the most expensive dining table but they hardly eat dinner um together you know like but that's okay you know we all have that and i think that ultimately you know you could never have a ferrari at a price of a fiat but there's a good reason for it so you know it, it, yeah. yeah quality is quality the 10,000 dollar number was not the driver at all it was um looking at what the experience at the out in the market uh would need should be for a coffee that let's say uh is 0.001 percentage of total production for 90 plus and it are the few kilograms of coffee from an experiment that is an innovation uh so the prototype wow this works uh, but i don't have any more of it and i hope i can make it happen again but the quantity is just so limited so what happens in the world of wine when there's a very limited uh product um how much does it cost one to enjoy one uh glass of the wine in coffee a kilogram is not the not the right measure right it should be more related to how much does a does a taste experience cost 
And for me, a taste experience is is usually something like 30, 37 to 60, 70 milliliters of coffee. You know, a nice brew divided by often three or four, and people sit around and enjoy, uh, you know, a portion of a brew. I shared this one with a few other people and took my... Uh, my, my so to enjoy this was $250 divided by four. Uh, and uh, so a $250 brew of 10 grams divided by four and it gets you a yield of 37 milliliters each to, to enjoy. So for a coffee at that level for us, um, we felt that it should be offered in a range at market you know, for that taste experience at a, at a level which is at least comparable to that of the highest uh, wines. But that doesn't even come close, right? The most expensive glass of wine or bottles will cost a lot more than $250. Uh, but if you do the math, then it gets to, you know, I can sell for 10000 and Ibrahim or whoever else can take the risk and sell for twenty. So it's really, if you look at the kilogram cost at retail, it's, it's much higher. But uh, per serving, we get so many servings per kilogram, it's often not... Uh, I don't think we appreciate that enough as coffee people or an industry yet. You know, a kilogram or a ton is just so much work. When I see a bag of coffee that's, that's this big, I think, how is it possible to store that much work on one's shelf in their kitchen? You know, like it's just, the, for me, every seed is so many steps. Um, oh, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I like what you said. I think, uh, um, and you know, you know, well, I'm going to jump because I knew uh, this touches on a question that I had, you know, there is so much work, sweat and tears behind that single cherry of coffee, like you just said. Um, shouldn't then coffee be treated and priced like wine that you mentioned? Really? Like? Well, if you think about uh, one kilogram of coffee, and let's say very easily there are 50 significant size portions in that cup for me it's more like a hundred right so i think in terms of there are a hundred i can offer this taste experience very easily for a hundred people with one kilogram of coffee um so if the the price to the market is one dollar per taste experience from the farm that's a hundred dollars per kilogram um should you know it, it does the taste experience at the consumer level uh warrant one dollar to go to this level of coffee production where so much is being invested in the ecological the social and kind of back to your earlier point nothing's ever easy here we all, we never have enough cash never like it's we're not even close like the things that we want to accomplish here to give people the quality of life that we want to produce as little coffee and as much terrain and include nature um, but amazingly enough, it's completely sustainable at a dollar a cup at market. If, 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 the, if the market will, can, will pay, pay that to a farmer at this level and a farmer at this level will, will invest that in their taste, their humanity, and their ecology, then uh, we can literally you know, reforest a lot of the tropics. Like it's, not, it's, it's, uh, it's very readily doable, but uh, the, those economics have to change. So I always like to reverse engineer my price at farm by thinking about... Uh, you know what what portion the grower uh should command uh of different levels at the bar or at the restaurant yeah no i like that and uh, you know the the reason for that question is because you know in melbourne where where we are obviously different reality than panama 
sure, you know, there's a, a coffee bars and there is a coffee culture and, the, you know, the food and the wine scenes are quite big, but, you know, people are quite happily, you know, paying 16, 18, 20 dollars for a single glass of wine or even more. Um, and yet there is still, I think, groundwork for us in Australia and other parts of the world to start raising the bar price. And um, I had a chat with Sasha just about a few days back and he was saying how they started putting up their prices up after the pandemic. Um, he said that it's a good chance for them to, to do so, uh, a good time too. And I, and I think it's, I think it's, I think it's correct. And um, I used to trade wine uh, 10 years ago before I got to Australia. And then that's why for me, I look at it and, you know, it's so similar, you know, there is, a harvest there is a you know the, the whole process behind that little grape and cherry and you know then you process in different ways so but yet i never seen a glass of wine going for a dollar like you get a 7-eleven uh which there's a dollar coffee um so that's always why i ask especially people like yourself and i appreciate your answer. and so what for the people who will tune in later and rewatch this on youtube what would you say is unique about your farm and your work, you know, as far as shade, uh, regrowing environment and all of it? Because there's a lot, obviously. But. Well, it's, it's the magnificence of the place, really. I mean, it's, it's the level of, it's how intact nature is. And then uh, how amazingly healthy the coffee is that grows underneath the canopy of the forest. Um, those, those are things that I haven't seen at this level uh, anywhere and we pushed towards that so that you know i i was i was worried it wasn't gonna work i, th I thought maybe it's it's way too wet in panama where we're gonna have we'll have uh we'll have too many issues with uh roya or, or ojo de gallo or crop disease from you know uh, that, from the from the humidity but everything is achievable there's no problem that that is not solvable uh even in a natural way, I saw a good documentary recently called "Biggest Little Farm," I think it's called. Uh, uh, but uh, it's it's about a couple that that land on a, a a barren piece of land in California and have a dream to diversify it with a number of different food products, and they end up, but they insist on uh, zero uh, toxic uh, inputs, and they find a natural remedy to every issue. You know, they're they're tropical. Um, uh, uh, fruit trees that they have uh, that for two years they can't figure out how to keep the snails from eating you know from damaging nearly 100% of the fruit um, they they decide to put ducks in their in their pond and uh, and the ducks eat the snails and they don't have to use any uh, pesticide you know so um, and it took them a while you know but uh, so we always look also here for the for the natural remedy um, to control, you know, uh, any any uh, any problem the coffee has, and and you know every part of our farm is different. We don't do broad, you know, the, the, all these little microclimates around here. We get just today we're looking at a uh, uh, this insect that's that's chewing through, you know, twenty percent of the leaves in one, in one lot. But I'm like, you know what? Uh, uh, it's okay. Don't don't worry. You know, we can we can afford to. Uh, to sacrifice a bit, and by the way, uh, my my uh, uh, one of the Camilo Sanchez, a great man who uh, who helps me work this farm, um, he touched one of the coffee trees to look at the, this insect, 
and all 20 on the plant fell to the ground. I was like, hey, how about we try walking down the rows of coffee trees and shaking every tree and seeing if they can find something else to eat on the ground or at least hope that less than 100% climb back up. So we do stuff like that first, always. Um, and we have a, a really, a, a lot of natural remedies here, which I think is another signature element of, uh, cool. of the 90 plus estates. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And uh, my father grows vegetables and fruits. And uh, yeah, I can relate because he's always about natural and uh, he, you know, he has always an explanation. And I, it's incredible how much, yet, you know, incredible science is behind nature, you know, like, then we call it science, but it's natural science. So, yeah, no, I like that. And then, because we're reaching up the, the half mark point almost, which is crazy, but there's usually an out-of-the-box question that I like to pull out. Um, how is actually family life in a, such a remote, uh, pristine, untouched, you know, part of the world? Unbelievable. Every day at four o'clock, you know, I, I come I come back from wherever I am and I go to get together with uh, with my wife, Chrissy, and our son, Blue, and we take a different, beautiful walk uh, inside either this property or we go to uh, Baru Estates, the new farm 30 minutes away from here. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many times uh, I walk uh, these areas, every time we find a new adventure, a new uh, a new animal we haven't seen before, a new path. Yesterday, we just found a new waterfall inside of our own, like that's within 15 minutes of the house. I didn't know it was, uh, was there. Um, and I've, I've been, you know, I've, 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 I've logged a, a lot of, you know, hundreds of kilometers on this place, thousands, I'm sure, uh, when, it, when you add it all up. Um, and the discovery is endless. If one clears away all the, all the nature and just puts monocrop coffee, there's nothing to discover. There's nothing. You've deleted, you know, a highly diversified uh, landscape. But if one lets it go and grow and uh, at the same time, you know, the, the real forested areas, which we have a lot of those as well, which have zero coffee, um, they're, they're incredible adventures. I've found hot springs on this property. We found petroglyphs, like rock carvings, seven in an open field in the middle of the forest. Seven years after being here, for the first time, I found that. You know, I found hot springs six years after being here, and, and, I, and I hike all the time. So um, just today, wow. I found a cemetery, uh, uh, like a, uh, uh, an indigenous cemetery from thousands of years ago on our, on our new farm, uh, hiking there. Every time, there's not just a small discovery. I mean, they're they're significant. It really is like Indiana Jones, like not not like me personally being Indiana Jones, but the opportunity oh, to have adventures is walk out your door and uh, and you can have a mini day. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I think South and Central America, when it comes to so, uh, you know the jungle, the forest, because um, you know I, I watched a documentary about a week ago, and um, you know the tallest pyramid in the world is actually known in Egypt, but it's in, uh, oh, now I forget the name, but I'll, I'll write it later, but it's somewhere in South America. And I was like, what, really? But obviously, um, you know, it's all underneath the jungle, you know, so you need to know where to go. And it's like, you know, you got a uh, hike for four days to get to the top, uh, as you know, to get there and then get to the top. And uh, yeah, there's a lot, I'm sure, even there, because, uh, underneath who knows what's on the ground too you know like that's pretty amazing yeah i think the thing that is going to be really exciting it's really hard to, to encapsulate the, exp the experience of 
you know how moved one is from being here and tasting the coffee um but we really uh in addition to upgrading everything that the community and all of our infrastructure and how we work with how we work with coffee the trail network the all the experiences here that we can share um we really want to take the the experience for the invitee the guest that comes here to learn about more about coffee from seed to cup um uh here uh it at at 90 plus uh we're we really want to uh take the level of uh a visitor experience up to probably beyond where they have in wine because in the wine world it's not you can't do the indiana jones thing at the same time it's uh, so no. here you can do everything at that same quality as the you know the hospitality that you do in wine but here you get to adventure in a, to a much greater level and to go deeper on that cuz i was actually my next question was to fully understand the cult, you know to fully understand culture people usually go and travel and you know even then you know you can't really fully understand it so how could we fully understand nani plus and i think you just said it so you planning to make in terms of a little bit more of a experience and a destination for people to get deeper connected to your product yes and also social you know social media wise and you know from our communications platform we we moved to panama almost um, about two and a half years ago now and we really adjusted our our model and our focus to um taking this coffee farming to a different uh added to a different level of experience but uh, now we're we're transitioning kind of back towards reaching out to the market again uh but this time uh we're supported with you know incredible master planning for all the the, the the different types of experiences we're going to offer here in the 90 plus estates um but we're going to try to uh let people live those uh with with some great um media experience out in the market and uh have people you know as as readily as possible get have the tastes a bit more accessible and the experience a little bit more tangible from afar so that people uh, dream you know our goal is to have people dream to come visit us and uh and and we're really excited to uh, to uh welcome everyone that comes with open arms and uh share the experiences that we get to enjoy every day that's fantastic and uh I'll excuse myself uh, I haven't said hi to anyone but I really want to say hi to Ken uh hey Ken that's good um Ken was the one of my first coffee mentors and uh the very first filter coffee that I've ever drank and it was your light cello was actually brewed by Ken so I'm glad to see him here and I'm sure you met Ken a few times I've seen pictures hey. of you so Ken great to see you I've been to your place one of the and uh, I know that you've always really uh embraced what, what we do for a long time and I really appreciate that and uh um, thank you and your customers for for enjoying uh, the work that we do really appreciate it Oh I'm I'm Yeah, thanks Ken. Um now a little bit interesting question that I really need to understand for myself and others. How important are auctions and competition to push more producers to lift up their game and the experimenting and the processing? I think it's a wonderful platform. I think it's done, you know, like the Best of Panama for example, incredible platform, uh incredible group of producers uh, mostly in Boquete who have you know raised the level of of coffee work in Panama for generations uh and most more recently really adapt, adapted to uh to the evolution of specialty coffee 
and have have become, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the craziest, uh, most forward-thinking group of uh, renegade coffee producers in in the smallest area of the world. I think the the, the concentration of of great minds in Panama is is really really amazing, um, and I think a lot of that uh, happens here, kind of rallying around, and still does to a large extent. Uh, uh, the best of Panama competition. So it's a great, it's been an incredible platform to uh, to showcase the work of uh, the incredible producers of Panama for a long time. Um, we we uh, I took a different approach from for uh, for most of the time. We had one auction uh, that that we held. I think it was 2017. Um, but uh, it. I didn't really decide to do auction or not to do. I just decided to produce our coffee and then figure out how to connect it to people. And it was just never natural. No one ever said, hey, you should really do. Or I thought about it a bit myself uh, in terms of whether I should do it more. But I really like the one-to-one -one engagement with customers as well. And I think um, we've always wanted to do a much better job taking care of every single person who appreciates our coffee more. And I think that's our, our current objective has been, you know, build up the bandwidth that we really need to, uh, to give much more love to the people uh, who enjoy our products in the market. And um, for us, that's, that's the focus. Raise the level of quality uh, across the board, taste humanity, ecology, and our farming projects. And then, really uh, give a lot more love to the people who, who really support everything that we do out in the market. Yeah. It falls perfectly because uh, Golden Cloud Coffee just wrote pretty funny comment. Delicious coffee, afraid to make to make a cup uh, the right way, I'm assuming. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, now, um, I got a few questions, but I'm jumping through a big one because it might take a little bit longer. Um, you know, with, with the pandemic, especially in the Western country, uh, lots of us have slowed down, uh, which is a good thing. And as long as we got health and welfare and obviously uh, basic needs and essentials, uh, it's a good chance to really understand the impact that we have on, on Mother Earth, the impact that we have on our other people's lives. And, uh, yes. you know, a self-discovery journey. But this to go towards, you know, climate change topic, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, fantastic. Uh, the pandemic, less cars, but little they know that there's still, you know, 77 billion uh, land animal farmed who produce more methane than all, you know, all aviation cars. and cars in the world uh, or in the USA at least, um, you know, and a couple of months of break is not going to be enough. Let's be real. Um, mm. And, you know, we don't want to make it political here, of course, but uh, um can you explain what is becoming more and more challenging for yourself and other coffee producers and how much really at origin you can see the impact a little bit of uh, climate change? Or if you don't, that obviously different farms, different experience. Uh, for us, we're relatively buffered from climate change because of the quantity of canopy that we have. Um, so I think... You know, one, one, one great way that we as coffee producers can combat climate change and uh, the market can support us to do that is by really rewarding uh, growers for having more uh, shade in their farms. This will be great for, for the global warming topic and also uh, for coffee survival uh, and, you know, 
Um, certainly the, the weather patterns have changed dramatically, even in Panama in the, in the last uh, five or 10 years, we see, you know, extremely wet years, extremely dry years, strange uh, times for, you know, tr seasonal transitions and things like that. But, you know, with a, with a relatively uh, um, protected coffee, coffee plant, um, and, and an entire system, really the, the forest system relatively protected, it, it buffers itself uh, much more readily than, than stripped land. So there's a lot of, a lot of stripped land around here as well um, that, that can readily be repopulated. So we really, you know, we hope to um, give away all of our formulas for that to everyone who will, who will adapt. Um, as far like to collaborate with other producers that way, I, I, I really do dream of bringing a lot more producers from all over the world to to demonstrate uh, what can be done uh, from a shade and a sustainable cultivation of, uh, of coffee. Of course, one has to know how to command a price that pays for it, but it certainly does not have to be $10,000 a kilogram. And that's not, that, you know, our, 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 uh, our, our average price uh, from get, from 90 plus Geisha states is a is a tiny fraction of that. It's nothing uh, uh, to do with that number, but um, it's a significantly higher price, let's say per pound or per kilogram, but it's not uh, that much uh, more per cup, which is the so people really need to know how to push that concept, those economics down to the cup, and make sure that they're priced accordingly and that they're able to sell that uh, through the chain. Uh, but if they can do that, then they can uh, certainly learn to uh, to forest more of their land, and it's going to help help a lot with the with the climate situation. Coffee can have a major impact. Um, there are millions of uh, hectares out there in coffee, um, so a lot a lot of uh, a lot of help that could be done. I I, I think on, on some level, we've done so much damage to planet Earth, and uh, at the rate that 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 the the, the, the ice is melting. Um, there are some, there's, there's some irreversible aspects of what we're doing, but I think this current situation with the pandemic, uh, for me uh, included, you know, it, it, it's not easy on any business right now. I mean, I, I, maybe, a, maybe a few, like Amazon's doing really well. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> uh, but what it's done is forced me to reinvent at least a part of myself or a current, situ current situation. And I think that's extremely healthy for all of us. I think there was just way too much uh, thoughtless waste going on. And, and I think people are forced at this stage. It may only be two months, but I hope it's uh, so far. But I hope that this, is, this has a lasting effect and people really are forced to reinvent themselves and, and consider that, uh, um, that there may be a, an approach to, to business particularly where we're not just considering the dollars, uh, uh, the currency as the, the bottom line. We need to be investing in different kinds of capital and different kinds of returns that, uh, that create greater sustainability of, of all of this. You and I must be on the same wavelength because I prepared these questions only, uh, you, know, you know, three, four days ago. And literally my next question was like, could you tell us about the importance of innovation when it comes to processing bows or the entire business operation behind a farm which you just explained and uh, going back on climate change joseph i mean you're definitely so far winning the best backdrop and background out of all the 26 guests that have been on the show uh you know nothing wrong with the houses but uh that beautiful uh, hidden forest is just super yeah look it gives me goosebumps i mean i got 
a jungle of concrete, uh, which I'm grateful for. You know, cities are great for different reasons. There's pros and cons in everything in life, of course. But um, And I think that us talking about climate change with that background, we really need to understand um, that we gave for granted lots of things and lots of people prior to the pandemic. We gave for granted our kids or wife or husbands or friends or whatnot. Um, and the same way that we have all connected and reconnected uh, on Zoom or house parties or live streams on Instagram, I really hope that we connect back with nature as well. So, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, even when we're talking about exploring the waterfalls and this and that, I'm like, man, it's so precious yet so fragile. And uh, we are, as individuals, consciously, the way we consume and we purchase uh, play a relevant role to it. So thanks for what you said, yeah. Of course, of course. And I think that uh, improving in that capacity is accessible everywhere. And I think a lot of it comes through considering that we, we offer experience versus just whatever our product is. So whenever we design our our, our warehouses, our parking lots, our, our, uh, our roads even, and buildings, you know, the, there's a... There's a way to integrate nature. Um, there's a way to be to um, to think about how people experience um, everything that they do, and to integrate uh, na uh, nature and the plan a bit more. And it, it's it's really uh, it's it's highly energizing and it's highly inspiring. So and it it really pays back. So I don't think that most of of you know modern day uh, society you know. Uh, has appreciated that in, in the in the types of designs you look at all the the massive expansion of strip malls for decades that happened in the United States and also all the warehousing districts that have no character whatsoever and they're just expanding into space and the agriculture that goes horizontally monocrop across you know planes and and really the the business doesn't doesn't end up becoming that that great because of this that's that strategy is not necessarily um, returning experience nor capital um, uh, in, in, in many cases. Um, there's so much more to be gained from a diversified uh, experience, a diversified landscape. Um, uh, and inside of that landscape, one can create products that sustain it all. And I think if we, we think a bit more like, more in, in terms of the, how, what our connections are, you know, what our impact is when we produce any product, um, you know, socially, what's our impact? What's our footprint ecologically? Um, and try to try to have a positive impact on all fronts, at least net positive in how we impact things you know, socially, uh, ecologically, one way or another, it should be a net positive. If we think net positive, everybody, then everybody who's doing that will have a positive impact. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's still incredible to date that out of 189 countries in the world, only Bhutan, and there's a little other tiny country that I skipped the name there, um, neutral carbon, what's the word? Anyway, they're neutral. Um, and it's incredible, you know. Again, it's a small country, you know, they're not as big as the United States or India or China but, or Russia. But, um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think a lot of things come down to individuals, 100%. And uh, what we do on a day-to-day -day basis when we choose loose carrots versus carrots in a plastic bag, uh, metal straws over plastic straws. I think people underestimate the value of small actions as well. And uh, we, we, we can do a lot more for sure. But talking about lots, 
and farm where you are. Are you currently growing any new lots or are you finding or are you working on new exciting projects or anything that you can share? First? Yeah, I mean, there's always, there are always improvements. But here we've, we've settled out at about 50% of the land is planted with coffee. Um, I'm actually looking more in Geisha states uh, where to eliminate uh, uh, coffee in favor of more understory plants. So um, I want a greater percentage of not just, you know, I love the forest canopy. It's amazing. But I want, uh, I want a really beautiful aesthetic uh, and, you know, community integration of all the understory plants and animals. So all the things that the birds and the small animals and the larger animals uh, depend on through the, there's you know ecological supply chain. I want to make sure to uh, to increase uh, that that base of, uh, of of resource for the for the ecological community. And it's it's actually you know the, the most practical way to do that as a coffee producer is to look at you know within your coffee plantings where is the coffee having the most difficult time. You know there's some inclinations that don't work right, some exposures that aren't perfect, but can be really great for native vegetation. Um, and also kind of uh, naturally um, kind of uh, mix your landscape up and make it much more visually interesting as well. So we'll, we're actually probably going to undergo uh, some slight reductions over time um, in certain uh, parts of the, the, the under the canopy where we have, have coffee. Um, and then at this new project, uh, Baru Estates, which is this am amazing uh, land that I fell in love with last year. I was brought there by my uh, great friend Kai Johnson from uh, Johnson Coffee, uh, which is a nearby neighbor. I was sitting out on the on his lake behind his house one night, and he he, he uh, I'm really honored that he's been a great fan of the ecological work that we do and all the work that we do at 90 plus. But he said, "Hey, man, there's this." this property that is a one of a kind thing in the world and it's so close to us. And, and I had not seen it until last week. And uh, there's this massive uh, kind of 10,000 year plus old crater that's hidden in plain sight. That's only 30 minutes from here. That's at the base of uh, Volcan Baru. Wow. Um, and I think I think you're freezing, um, which is hang on. I think it's a little bit choppy. Hopefully, it refreshes. I'm not sure if it's for you guys too, but uh, I'm losing Joseph by the minute. It's uh, I got a wheel spinning, but let's see if I can. I can still hear you slightly, but there's a little hamster spinning wheel. Am I? Oh, it's working fine for you, Bianca. Okay, cool. Um,
Um, what I'm going to do, uh, Joseph, if you can hear me, um, uh, you are super choppy for me. I'm going to close you off and re-bring you on. Hang on. Sorry, guys. I, on my end, it was super choppy. I gave it a little bit about a minute, but Bruce Theory, you had a set face too, so you're in Australia too, so I'm sure that you, you picked that up. But uh, yeah, they don't even appear online now, which is a shame, but we'll send them an invite again. Uh, let's have a look. That's okay, these things happen. Um, with the with the pandemic and all, we had uh, we had a few technical issues uh, in the past few days with different locations, uh, and that's okay. Um, we again grateful for even having had this uh, fifty one minutes with him, and uh, we were towards the tail end. But hopefully, he he join us back um, soon. Uh, what's your what's been your favorite part um, of the interview so far? Feel free to. Drop a comment below. I see you all. Um, big shout out to Jessica, Bianca, Benjamin, Julio, Said, Benjamin again, Brew Theory, my man. Brew Theory is going to be on tomorrow. Um, Anthony, that's his name. And then we go Kaya, um, Ken, Club. Uh, hey, Matt. Uh, what's good, Matt? All the way from Northern Ireland representing. Um, Cafe Ismond. Um, if you just tuned in, we just lost Joseph for a little bit. Um, unfortunately, his connection must have um, dropped, which is okay. Um, this live will finish in eight minutes, so hopefully we can catch him back. If not, we might start a new live. Um, but that's all right. What's um, I'd love to hear more from you. Um, if you want to drop. A small comment and tell tell me so far what's been the most interesting part we've been interviewing uh, Joseph from 90 plus coffee I think that I had goosebumps a couple of times uh, when I was talking about uh, the forest the jungle um, the nature it just resonated so well I come from the mountains back in Italy so I miss I miss the green I miss the white I miss the the water, the lakes, um, as much as grateful we are to be in Melbourne in the, in the city of coffee, um, you know, still I think there's an element of us connecting to nature that's, we miss all, uh, in our lives, which is okay. Um, we don't need to be hard on ourselves, of course, but, um, it's been good. So, so far for me, that was the highlight, um, his passion and, uh, I'm glad that I mentioned, because I read somewhere on a blog that people say that Joseph is the uh, Elon Musk of coffee. I added that he's Elon Musk, also Indiana Jones. It just gives me this, um, this, uh, this really, I don't know why, this connection um, that, I've, that I've gained from, from him. It's just, uh, yeah, he's the Indiana Jones and Elon Musk of the coffee world in a, in a, in a weird way. He's talking about uh, finding Jaguar tracks and big cats and hey Dax, I see you in the house. You're always in the background. I see you. What's good, Dax? Hey fuckery. Um, so yeah, look, it's been it's been really enlightening. Um, 
it's raining in Panama at Geisha State now, so I don't know if the rain has been uh, has been um, impacting his connection. It was amazing for 50 minutes, so we're gonna hang out to be here for another couple of minutes. Then I might start a new live stream. Hopefully, he can join us there or here. Maybe he needs to update his app. Um, we had an issue with. Uh, who was it? Um, oh, team Team Wendelbo had to update his Instagram app because uh, he wasn't appearing in the live streams. That's okay. Again, um, Dex, if you just tuned in, um, it's been an amazing 45 minutes with Joseph. Highly recommend to watch it back, brother. Um, it's just different level of obviously knowledge and experience, but um, I think for people they have a certain idea of 90 plus has been uh, the you know only the expensive and elite coffee but it's much more than that and uh, the work and the and the passion behind it and the stories is just incredible um, and nothing comes for free uh, that's something that my father always taught me um, you know it's easy to point finger and say oh well it's the most expensive coffee in the world but reality is that they are also uh, they didn't get there overnight. It's a process of dozens of years. Um, here it is, Cafe Small. Thanks for your comment. That's really appreciated. Joseph is doing very important things for environment here in Panama. There you go. So um, I get such good vibes from Joseph um, throughout the entire uh, live stream. Here it is. I was just giving him a compliment. But uh, yeah, I just got amazing vibes. Um, everyone listening, look. Because this, and hopefully you're there too, uh, Joseph, with the 90 plus coffee handle. What I'm gonna do now that you're back, um, I'm actually gonna end this live stream. I know it's gonna sound, uh, I know it's gonna sound weird, but I better end this because the otherwise the stream will end by itself within 90 seconds. Talking about 90, so. I'd rather ending this without having the issue of restarting a new one and interrupting. So uh, now that Joseph is back, hopefully you're on uh, Brew Theory, Bianca, 90 Plus Coffee, all of you guys. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to restart it again so that we can actually have 10, 15 minutes uninterrupted because Instagram Lives are capped at 60 minutes. So glad to see you back, um, Joseph. And I'm going to end this. And then we can bring you back on for uninterrupted 10, 15 minutes. And thank you again. It's been incredible. So guys, I'll see you in a, in a second. Hey guys, welcome back to part number two. Hey Bianca, the real Nora, 90 plus coffee tuned in again. Technology. That's okay. That's uh that's uh, definitely part of uh, what's happening. Dax is Thanks for tuning in again. And we'll try to bring Joseph back. Back to life. Here it is. Hey, 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 man. Hey, I had to walk a little closer to a different Wi-Fi spot. Uh, That's so good. That's so good. And look, we're super blessed to have had those 45 minutes. And uh, it, it's absolutely... We had issues with people who are lonely within the same city of Melbourne. So 100% understanding. So um, yeah, I think um, we were talking about um, a combination of things on uh, innovation as well as shade and as well as uh, 
the impact on the environment. So you were you not sure where it got chopped it chopped up for everyone, but please feel free to finish whatever you were saying, man. It was super valuable, like the past 45 minutes. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I was just telling you that uh, actually, you know, you asked if, if we were uh, increasing the amount of new plantings here in Geisha States, and I told you that actually we're in the process of selecting some areas out for coffee and replacing with uh, more of the understory uh, plants to really create um, resource bases for uh, maximizing biodiversity, really, for other plants and animals that are part of the community here. Um, so, and then we've got a new new project, uh, which I was telling you, this this new land in this uh, crater at uh, the base of Volcan Baru, uh, which is connected to the Volcan Baru National Park, 15,000 hectares is inside this new property that's not too far from us. So that's a much bigger place than this one. It's about double the size of Geisha Estates, uh, close to 400 hectares over there. Um, but there, the, the focus will be on... Um, in the, in the base of, uh, of this amazing cr crater with a rim all around it. Um, that's the place where we're really going to be able to uh, take the um, uh, kind of the, um, the amazement of, of views that happen here in Panama. I, I haven't seen a more kind of uh, enchanting place in that respect. You're really intimately close with the volcano. You can see it as if it's right next to you. Um, and then in the base of this uh, crater, we're going to do a lot of um, um, uh, planting in a way that's very friendly for people to come and, uh, and enjoy in a, in a flat area at 1,800 plus meters to walk and, uh, and learn, uh, learn about coffee in a really easy way. Here at Geisha States, it's a big, there are a lot of adventures to have, but you really have to be an alpine adventurist to get to a lot of the, you know, the hot springs and the petroglyphs and the big trees in the forest and um, but at the at the new new place, uh, we should be able to accommodate. It's both got more extreme land than we have here. So there we have more jaguars and pumas and peccaries, and uh, there's there's a massive cool. national park that we're part of in that property. Um, but also there's some really beautiful areas that are accessible to to take you know drive people who can't walk uh, up to the top of a rim of uh, of an ancient crater and uh, and get a view of this incredible coffee landscape that we enjoy. Um, as as uh, as a collective of producers here in Panama, from there the the view is really really amazing. Man, you spoke my language. You started talking about pumas and jaguars. I mean, <laughs> um, the biggest cats that we see here are some stray cats here and there. But um, that sounds amazing and uh, super romantic. Even the concept of a crater and a volcano and uh, you know, God knows how good is the soil and the land and the landscape and, like you said, the view. So, yeah, that sounds incredible. And, uh, look, I, I don't want to get too much of your time. Every guest that comes here, you know, 60 minutes is such a valuable amount of time for everyone and for, for myself especially. So I don't want to hold you for too long. If you're happy to tag along for a few more minutes because we lost you, but if you got to go, please, that's absolutely fine. I'm full of gratitude for you even popping up for these uh, 55 minutes uh, of your time. It's my pleasure. I really, really enjoyed talking to you a couple of weeks ago, Mirko. I really um, admire what you're doing. I, um, it sounds like uh, you're doing great work across the board. Um, and thank you for appreciating the coffee and for appreciating what we do at 90+. plus. Um, thanks for every, to everybody for tuning in. And... Um, 
we would love to have all of you uh, come and visit us here and go on adventures uh, in, the, uh, in the western uh, side of Panama. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Joseph. And uh, look, um, it's probably getting dark and late there. And uh, I, I hope that maybe we can do this uh, again sometimes in a you know, in the near future, in a couple of months or whatever, maybe we can, maybe we could even, uh, uh, you know, if the Wi-Fi allows it, we could have a little, very, very small uh, tour or even a panoramic of where you are with daylight. Maybe we'll do a stream at a different time and we, you can maybe walk somewhere and we can talk more. I would love to have you again. And uh, I really hope to meet you uh, soon in person, perhaps in Melbourne or hopefully one day uh, in Panama, that would be, that would be amazing, man. And uh, uh, on behalf of everyone, we say thank you. Thanks to you. Um, it's been incredible, such good vibes and um, full of gratitude for uh, you giving us uh, a story and a glimpse behind what's uh, 90 plus, but more than anything is the love for the exploration adventure and the passion that you have for coffee is just unmatched, you know, it just really feels like Michael Jordan talking about basketball when you talk about forest and farm and coffee. And then, you know, that Indiana Jones element is definitely new for sure. I really appreciate that Ed, so much. It's, it's humbling that uh, people appreciate the work that we do. We, we love it so much. Uh, I'm so blessed to do what I do every day. And uh, I'm, I'm so lucky to be doing something that has an impact on nature and people uh, more than anything else. Really appreciate all the love that we get from people out all over the world. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for enjoying and imagining uh, when you taste 90 plus coffee, uh, the beautiful places behind uh, and the people behind uh, those cups. Really uh, so much appreciation for you all. Thank you. Thank you. And look, you were the, you're pretty much one of the reasons why I started drinking coffee and I started a coffee career. So I'm super grateful to you for, for many aspects. And I hope that one day I can um, give back to you maybe uh, in a form of uh, dinner or having you at my place or something, uh, even we'll, we'll see where we go. But I think this is the start of, you know, I hope uh, a connection, a friendship, and uh, I really hope to see you very soon. And uh, obviously, best of luck with the pandemic. I hope everyone is safe. And uh, uh, yeah, you probably got to go for dinner or sleeping. But uh, thank you for tuning in, man. It was uh, super humbling and super inspiring. Thank, thank you, Joseph. Thank you so much, Mirko. Appreciate it. Uh, much love to all the everybody out there thank you buddy thank you very much we'll, we'll talk soon I'm sure talk soon uh, there you have it guys um, I, I had to sort of cut it a bit shorter um, it's just um, it was getting dark for him and I felt bad I think uh, uh, he gave us 60 minutes of his time which is super precious and super um Humbling and uh, very grateful for him to have shared uh, the 60 minutes uh, with us. Um, he's such an inspiring character. Um, and yeah, I think I, I'm, just, I'm just feeling very, I don't know, uh, the, there's some good stuff in my body at the moment. Such a strong, good energy uh, from having had this conversation. And I hope that each one of you who have watched this had the chance to... Um, feel that and uh, and that's great and uh, a big shout out to Ken Tang he's in the chat he was um, uh, one of the guys uh, one of the main men he's one of the 
top top dogs in the coffee uh, scene in Melbourne and uh, he introduced me to Nani Plus years and years ago and that's when I started drinking coffee thanks to Ken so um, if I'm here there's definitely uh, a lot of Ken as well so yeah having said so um, thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed this podcast this interview feel free to share a screenshot to your friends um, feel free to join our YouTube channel um, the show is called Coffee with Mirko we also have a podcast where we recapture these interviews when I finished this live, it didn't let me reshare as a story. Um, so I'm not sure what happened. I think um, I'll have to, I think I shared it back on IGTV. I hope that I can get this footage again and repost it on YouTube. Um, if not, I have to find the infrastructure for it. Um, it was very different than usual, um, putting that away. Um, but um, we'll keep going. In Melbourne, the restrictions are still quite on a high level. Um, and you know what, Ken is tuning in. I'm gonna hop on the hop on with Ken because I think it's relevant. And uh, here it comes. Here it is. This is a uh, very live. Hello, Miko. Master Ken, how are you, brother? How are you? It's so good to see you, man. It's amazing. I haven't seen you for ages. I know. When I saw your name, I was like, this is heaven. This is perfection. It's like Joseph and Ken together. I was like, meant to be, man. Um, how you been? How's, how's, how's things with you? And uh, are you safe? Are you well? How you doing? Thank you. Thank you, Michael. I'm very well. Thank you. And what about you? Where are you now? I mean, uh, well, I'm stuck at home, of course, because of the virus, but I'm still in Melbourne. I mean, um, okay, okay. Yep. I'm in the mini ponds area and, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I, oh, I'm super well. I can't complain. So that's great. Uh, that's great to hear. it's incredible to see you on, on live with Joseph. You know, I was uh, a bit confusing. Who was that? And then all of a sudden I heard my name to be mentioned. And then, oh, it took me about a few uh, 50 seconds to, to recognize you. Yeah, you know, now, now I go, hey, here. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been um I've been doing a bit of these live shows. Uh today was episode number twenty-six. Uh prior to Joseph, um we had all amazing people. Everyone is equally amazing. Uh we yeah, had yeah, um, that's incredible. That's incredible the way that he, he he's performing or he's you know, in the farm and produced yeah. all the new new coffee. Um, you know, our roaster in Sydney already cut the new Nari Plus already. I'm still waiting for those uh, absolutely amazing coffee to be arrived in Australia again. So, Delicious. Yeah, and obviously that's a reformatory. Cut some amazing coffee again. Yeah. And that's reformatory coffee lab, yeah? Yes, 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 yes. Beautiful. I was there a few months ago um back in november i went to visit them amazing it was delicious oh, yeah, coffee absolutely. of course yeah. i need to come and visit your new shop yeah yeah when you have time after the after the of course know, COVID 19 so and hopefully we're gonna get the new 90 plus coffee soon and it was a true story you know maybe you tuned in uh, uh, later on in the live stream it's a true story my first ever 
fill the coffee for everyone watching or who's going to watch again was uh, you made me a V60 and it was a light cello and, uh, and I was like, get out of here, Ken. This is not coffee. You're just giving me some tea here. Like, come on, man. That's amazing. And, uh, you still remember yeah. that. That's amazing. Of course. That was the start of my coffee journey. But if you got to go, please, you go, man. Yeah, it's oh, a great man, experience. It was a great experience. All right, I'm going to let you go because I'm getting back busy now. All right, see you. Because see you, Master Ken. Bye. Cheers, buddy. Ciao, ciao, ciao. There you have it. Um, as live and genuine as that could have been, it was such a blessing to have uh, the two polars uh, combined uh, in one. I'm feeling like super drowsy from gratitude. Um, uh, you know, Ken was the guy who introduced me to coffee on a on, to specialty. Really, uh, taught me my barista skills, and uh, uh, again, then Nani Plus, uh, which they are in the house still, uh, where I was able to uh, drink it through through Ken's skills. And then for me, it was like, get out of here! This is not coffee. It's a true story. Um, I'm not sponsored by anybody uh, but myself, and um, and. Uh, there was another coffee, I forgot the name, and um, it was just, just like drinking jasmine tea. So I <laughs> I feel very privileged. I've started actually from the opposite than everybody. I started my coffee journey from drinking the top <laughs> all the way to the mid-range, uh, rather than doing from bottom to top. Um, so I was very blessed to have these <laughs> amazing coffee experiences. And, uh, and then I worked for a coffee roasters, uh, which is, you know, I can say it's Dobby's estate. They still have amazing coffees and amazing professionals like Nick Ray and Charlotte uh, Malabao. Um, so, I've, yeah, I've, I've always been very fortunate as far as coffee goes. And uh, uh, that was beautiful to see Ken. Ken has just opened a cafe about 45 minutes away from where I live. Uh, I don't have a car, unfortunately. Um, and um, it's actually called Geisha. So, Ken really breeds the passion for geisha coffee. Um, and I think it's beautiful. Um, as another passionate individual that when he talks about coffee, uh, he can talk for days, not hours, days. And um, he's always been talking to me about Joseph and, uh, and about Nani Plus and about Marwin that used to roast the coffee for him. Monk Paridama which is a roaster from in Melbourne. Um, so it was just incredible to see both you, Joseph, as well as, um, as, well as uh, Ken Tang. Um, and yeah, Bianca, knowing and learning coffee is amazing. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for you guys to be here. You guys push me to, to come on every day. And look, the lockdown is still present before Ken joined us. I, I was saying that I will still keep strong with his streams. Um, Next week, I've already lined up a few other guests. Uh, tomorrow, we're having Anthony from Brew Theory. You might have seen him through the guests sometimes to, in the viewerships. Um, Anthony's just you know, an amazing young barista, an amazing videographer, so I'm very curious to see what he got for us. Um, and next week, we'll have more, more and more people. Um, I'm, I'm keen to bring in more. I want to give back some love to Melbourne um, in the next few episodes, maybe in a five or six. So I've been contacting Melbourne roasters and Melbourne coffee people. I want to give back to the Melbourne coffee community. Um, I feel a little bit of a, um, not not a moral obligation. I just want to do it. Um, I think it's 
the right thing to do. And um, things might change with the roasters of these um, live streams um, just based on, uh, you know, if, if the lockdowns are eased, then I need to kind of go back to do my job because uh, I run a business myself. So with the lockdown uh, present, I can't go out and talk to coffee shops like I would be doing uh, on my day-to-day -day, uh, operations. Uh, basically, I do social media for cafes and coffee shops and uh, coffee roasters. So, because I'm stuck at home, uh, I, I can smash these live streams once a day, no problem. And uh, um, eventually, I will figure out uh, a new schedule, but I will keep you informed. What I really appreciate when you guys share this, when you take a screenshot, share with friends, share with your stories. Uh, tell your friends and families about it or send me a message you know i see you guys um you know um hey tj hartono i gotta say your username because i'm not sure if you want me to tell people your first name jessica bianca um, your ladies have sent me so much love in the past few weeks uh, so much support uh Brew theory you as well so all of you make this possible and make me feel super super grateful and uh my chest and my heart is full of gratitude um, every single day. Every day that I go to sleep, uh, this is actually a good tip. Uh, we go back on, uh, on a different topic. It's no longer coffee, but I think it's a good way to finish off the show and then you guys go on with your day or night. Um, uh, you should practice this. Um, it's something that I've been doing for over a month now, but every time that you go to sleep, um, even if it's been a bad day, a rough day, a stressful day, um, or a good day, um, try to go back from the morning all the way to bedtime and think of three, three things that you've been grateful for, that you witnessed, that you've experienced. And it could be as simple as you have witnessed um, an act of kindness or you've seen a friend that you haven't seen in a while, a phone call, a meal, a delicious meal that you haven't eaten in a long time. A heartwarming moment or uh, a beautiful movie a beautiful cup of coffee and you think about three things you've been grateful for and i promise you all the other baggage all the other darker stuff gets lighter and lighter of course there's still you know things can happen um but uh i i've been thinking about each and one of you guys every single night Every single day that I do a podcast or a live stream, I think about all of you. And uh, yeah, these streams, but not just for the guests or myself or my business, but these streams in general, the whole concept of it, I go back to sleep every night and I say, I'm grateful for today's stream. But that includes all of you, um, you know, Nuket, Dax, Dax, my man. I can't wait to see you for coffee. Um, Jessica, Bianca, I named you guys. Bruce Thievery. Uh, there's so many of you. People who couldn't tune in. I think about D-Train, Daniel. Um, so many of you. And the guests. Um, I've talked with people that I've been looking up to for so many years. And, and they're talking to me like if we've known each other forever. And uh, I'm blessed. So uh, just leaving you with this thought. Um, think about something that, that you've been uh, grateful for and uh, I've been feeling super grateful for 
all of you guys and uh, I don't care if it's one, five, ten, twenty, a hundred. I don't care if Instagram engagement, they trap me or, or they shadow ban me or whatever they want to do with the app. And uh, as long as we add value to one person, I'm happy. Uh, if one person messaged me, man, I've learned a lot today or man, today was inspiring, man, thank you for today's stream. I'm winning. I'm winning at life um, and it makes me super happy and proud. So yeah, we're going to bring it on, bring more. I'm thinking about starting doing writing content um, on my website. Uh, a few people watching, they know what I'm talking about. I'm thinking to use this as a platform to people to be heard and uh, put it into writing. And uh, I don't know, the movement has just started. This is just the beginning of uh, lots of different things that I want to, I really want to bring back to the world. And uh, yeah. So stay tuned, always check my stories. Um, my engagement has been slightly lower than usual um, the past few weeks. Um, I'm very transparent about it. It's part of the game, it's part of the app, it's part of the platform. Um, so if you probably miss some lives or stories and you're like, oh, there was no live today. The best thing is really just to turn on the notifications. Um, it's just it's just the best way to fight to fight Instagram. They're probably wanting the famous people to be, you know, more exposed and more engaged, and that's okay. That's fine with me. There's there's more lives going on. Um, I just want to really give back to the community, and like I said, stay tuned with what we put up. Um, we have amazing people coming up, and when I mean amazing, I mean amazing. I don't care if it's the top of the chain the middle, the bottom, everyone that we bring in here is all about adding value and giving back to the coffee community. And everyone, every single person has a story and their story and their knowledge and their two or four or five cents to share with the world. And uh, that's why we're bringing it on. So Melbourne, in three or four episodes, uh, we're gonna start mid next week onwards. I wanna bring back give back to Melbourne people, my people. Uh, so I'm from Melbourne, Osama. Uh, so we're gonna do more and more Melbourne uh, roasters, baristas, cafes, uh, coffee shops. Uh, that's my intention to give back to the people who supported me. And um, yeah, that's me. Sorry I went long-winded. Um, it was an important window uh, for me to share this with you guys because you mean the world and still a few of you watching um, and uh, yeah that's about it um, as you can tell I can talk so <laughs> I struggle sometimes with the interviews because uh, uh, you know I don't do the talk which is good I'm learning a new skills which is listening more and then yeah anyway uh, thank you um, Nuket don't thank me thank you for coming on Bianca can't wait yeah Melbourne's Melbourne's is good there's lots of other good cities, of course. Uh, Dax, Melbourne Coffee. Let me give you a big shout out to all of you guys. Um, uh, Brew Theory, so if you're watching, uh, Brew Theory is gonna be on tomorrow, Anthony. So um, that's gonna be really cool. So please make sure you tune in tomorrow for that. I see who else is in the house. Mr. Dax, that's a good friend of mine. Uh, Jules, Jules is another amazing coffee individual. Uh, professional friend, uh, Melbourne boy too. And uh, then we've got Jessica, Tanti, 
uh, Nuket, Bianca, Earthverse 3, Julio, and we got Jin Jun Ju. Yeah, big shout out to all of you guys. Sending you much love. And uh, I hope you're safe. Stay safe. Um, keep drinking coffee. I'm going to actually open a new bag of Rumble coffee that I bought uh, yesterday. And uh, yeah, I'll see you there, Brew Theory. Anthony, I'll see you tomorrow. I think it's at 5 p.m. I'm going to post it soon anyway with a countdown and with the countdown you can turn on so that you get notification when the countdown is over so sending you all love and i'll see you super soon just tomorrow take care